Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. No, not Skylar's coffee cake. It's not what I'm talking about. Uh, Luke's going to preach to us for a few minutes this morning. Amen. Amen. He's uh, uh, called of God. The hand of the Lord is upon him. Um, there's been uh, several prophecies spoken over his life. Um, he's, uh, he's anointed of the Lord. And the Lord's on your life. And uh, I've noted from the time you were born, um, God's going to use you in a great way. He's, you can feel it, can't you? And uh, I've watched him grow over the last couple of years. Um, but the call of God have to start somewhere. Amen. And I've asked him to preach for a few minutes this morning. And so he's going to come and preach. Why don't we welcome him this morning as he comes? Come on, give that hand praise to the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. God, I pray your anointing would flow through this service in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Man, it's good to be here this morning. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you look better than I do. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to take my text out of Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. And while you're turning there, I'd like to take the time and honor my dad today. For this opportunity, I thank him. And I would not be here if it wasn't for him. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's for sure, yeah, literally. Amen. Well, he asked me to preach 10 minutes, so that means I take 10 minutes away from his preaching, but I don't know if he's... <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. Verse 16, it says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may enter into eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest me thou good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou shalt... Thou shalt wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell what thou hast, and give it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. God, I pray that your anointing would flow through this service today, God. These are your people, Lord, the sheep of your pasture, God. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I should get all settled in. I mean, it's the story of the rich young ruler. The young man came to Jesus and asked him what he had to do to have eternal life. And Jesus said, tells him to keep my commandments. And the Lord tells him, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man was excited to tell him all these things that I kept from my youth up. He had followed God's laws all his life. He loved God enough to keep his commandments. But he says, I have done these things. What lack I yet? Or what am I missing? The fact that he asked the question proves that he was feeling something more. He was feeling like he was missing something. The young man would have never went to Jesus if he was not feeling the call of God. He would have never went to Jesus if he was okay with where he was at. But God was trying to call him to something greater. Because God told him the commandments. He told him what he wanted to hear. He could have walked away without asking any question. But the fact that he asked the question proves that he was not satisfied with where he was at. But up to that point, he was just doing the bare minimum. 
He was doing what he always had done. But God was trying to call him to something greater. He was trying to call him to something more. Amen? Amen. Trying to get him to take the next step. Jesus says, go sell everything and give it to the poor. Give up everything you own. But his treasure and everything, that was who he was. That was what identified him. Amen? That was the center of his life. He says, sell it and follow me. Jesus was asking him for a greater commitment. It takes commitment to keep God's commandments, but that's the least that we can do. I know you keep his commandments. I know you love and respect his word, but there is more. There's something greater this morning. He was fine for a while with just doing the bare minimum, but the minimum was not enough. Jesus wanted to be the vocal point of his life. I know you love God and keep his commandments. I know you come to church on Sunday and Thursday night, but that's the minimum. God's calling us to something more this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to be more to us than just rules and routine. He wants our hearts. So what has your heart? The proof that he has your heart is that you're willing to give him what he asks for. When Jesus asked him to give up his riches, he went away sorrowful. That thing that has your heart will be hard to give up. It will be hard to walk away from. He had a decision to make. Once God calls you to more, the minimum is not enough anymore. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and is, and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is doing what God has asked without totally understanding why. If he asks for it, there's a reason why. You can't go any further with God until you give him what he asks for. Amen? Amen. The young man went away sorrowful. This decision took him away from Jesus rather than taking him closer. When he walked away from God, he not only walked away from the call of God, but he walked away from eternal life. Amen? If something has your heart that's taking you away from Jesus, it's always the wrong choice. And if we're not careful, we will ignore the... Wait a minute. I went ahead of myself. Hey Amen. who remembers the story of the rich... Uh, not the rich young ruler, the talents. The, um, this man was going away to a far country, and he called his three servants. He was going to deliver him his goods. And, uh, and the one that had... The one he gave five... T- five talents to, and the one he gave two talents to, and the next, the last he gave one talent to. And so the Lord went on his journey, and the one that had five talents went and labored and doubled his talents, and then, then he had five, ten talents. The one that had two did the same thing, went and labored and traded and doubled his talents. But the one that had one talent ran from it and went and buried it in the earth. While the others were moving and working and doubling their talents, he was sitting still. So the Lord gets back and calls for his servants. The one he gave five talents to says, Lord, you gave me five talents. I've earned five besides them. The Lord says, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Same thing with one that had two talents. He says, Lord, I doubled my talents. And the Lord said, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. But the one he gave one talent to, he came and says, Lord... I know thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. He says, I was afraid and went and buried it in the earth, but here it is. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. So the Lord takes it from him and gives it to the one that had ten talents. Takes it from him because he didn't want it and gives it to the one that was willing to do what God asked him to do. Amen. Because he was running from it. He didn't want what God was trying to do in his life. So he gives it to the one who wanted it. Amen. If we're not careful, we will ignore the the call of God for so long that he will take it from you and he'll give it to somebody who wants it. Amen. If you're not willing to do do what God has asked you to do, he's going to take it from you and going to give it to somebody who wants it. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose it. How many don't want to lose out the call of God in your life? Amen. Stand with me all around the building once again. Hallelujah. Amen. I like that. When he walked away, he walked away sorrowful knowing that he didn't have in him to give to God what he was asking for. 
But not only did he just walk away from the call of God, he walked away from eternal life. Because at the end of that story, he says, if you do this, you'll have eternal life. You know, there, there's a time in our lives when the basic is okay, when the minimum is okay. But there comes a moment when God calls you higher and asks for more, that that minimum is not enough anymore. <laughs> That's convicting, isn't it? Amen. How many is thankful for the word this morning? Won't we give the Lord a hand? Got my book upside down. Amen. Turn with me this morning to the book of John. John chapter 1. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. We're so glad that you've chosen to take the time to be with us this morning. Amen. We're, we, don't, we don't take that lightly. And we appreciate the time that you're investing in being here today. And it's our prayer that something will be said or done that will impact your life and change the tra trajectory of your life and send you toward the purpose that God has for your existence. Amen. How many know there is a purpose? Amen. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made wow that's powerful in him was life somebody say life and the life was the light of men the life that was in Jesus is the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Notice that light is capitalized there. Because the light's not a thing, it's a person. That all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Hmm. <laughs> I can rejoice right now because I know where I'm going. Praise the Lord. I want to preach to you this morning on, on this thought or this statement. There is a purpose. There is a purpose. Amen. Somebody say there is a purpose. Lay your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord just for a moment and ask the Lord to speak to you. Come on, every person, lift your voice right now. If you need something from the Lord, I want you to pray to Him. Just you and Him right now. Let your voice be heard on high. Lord, I need you tonight, God. I need you today. Speak to my life. Speak to my spirit, Lord. Speak to my situation. I pray, God, that you would minister to every, every need in this house today, God. Every circumstance. Every situation, Lord, I pray that you would say what needs to be said. Do what needs to be done. Have your way in this house today. And we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time.
You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. They hide hankies for me under the pulpit because they know I forget one every week. And so for a while, just to give you some background, I would grab a bunch of tissues. Then I'd have tissue falling off of my face and on my suit. There'd be little shards of tissue because I'm constantly wiping tears and as I preach and spit. And say, so they saw the deficiency of their pastor. And they give me little hankies. And this one even says the Anchor Church. Anchor Church at Cambridge on it. That's pretty handy. After church, if you're good, I'll let you have it. As I wipe my nose. <laughs> Feels good to laugh, doesn't it? Loosen up a little bit. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, loosen up. You're in church. Amen. Church is not supposed to be dull and, and dreary and humdrum. There's power in this house. Amen. The, the, where the spirit of the Lord is. I'm telling you, there's freedom. Amen. There's freedom. How many is thankful for the spirit of God? Praise the Lord. Can I preach to you a little bit this morning? Well, there was a couple amens, so I guess I'll give it my best shot. Can I have two hours? 25 minutes. Give me 25 minutes. A good preacher would have had his notes pulled up already. The Bible tells us that the eternal things of God are clearly seen by the things that are made. And we, we, we read in John 1 today that, that, that the, through the word of God, all things were made. How many know all things were made by him and for him? That's what it says. And without him was not anything made that was made. Okay? And so we, we know that that in the eternal things of God are clearly seen through the things that are made. That when God created all of the creation, that there was eternal revelation wrapped up in the things that he created. The creation that he created with such design, with the detail of all that is, amen, was all created for a purpose. It was all created by Him and for Him. Come on. Everything that was created, the purpose of the creation was to be made by God and for God. Come on, somebody. The creation, the earth, and all that is was made by Him and it was made for Him. And it was uniquely designed, man, I feel the Holy Ghost, to accommodate life. Come on. It was uniquely designed to accommodate the most, the, the most precious thing to God. Amen. And that was his life. At the beginning of creation, he says, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon the waters. And God said, let there be light. But hold on a minute, God. You're getting in ahead of yourself. You're getting the cart in front of the horse. 
Amen. Because he had not yet created the sun or the moon, which we deem as the origin of light. But I want to tell you this morning that the sun is not the origin of light. Neither is the moon. It is God. Come on. Because in the beginning when he said, let there be light, it was the glory of God that began to shine forth. And the glory of God was the life of God. The very thing that he created first it was not the sun it was not the moon it was not the waters or the land or the fishes or man it was the life come on in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God and it created the life of God I come to preach to you this morning that the very first thing that he created was his life because it's the most precious and most important thing that God has for us. It's life. Everything that he created was divinely designed. Amen. We didn't just spring forth from, from some big bang in the universe that created all that we see around us. There is no way that everything that we see around us could operate with the precision and the process that it does without being uniquely designed by the hand of an all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful God. Amen. The reason that it operates without fail and continues to operate is because the God that designed it is perfect in every way. And we don't have the ability to really understand what it means to be perfect because we are fallible. Come on. We are finite. We, we make mistakes. We are flawed. But I serve a God that's perfect in every way. Everything he creates is perfect without fail. will operate the way that he designed it. There's a, there's a myth out there that they'll tell you that, that, that we're destroying the earth. Know that, that the earth's going to be destroyed by man. I got to come to preach to you this morning. We may be doing a little damage to the earth through our sin, but we are not going to be able to destroy what God has put in place. Because even though uh, our choices wreak havoc upon our life, we don't have the ability to alter what God's word put in place as true and proper and perfect. It'll continue in operation until God says it's over. Come on, there will be a day when he says time will be no more. There will be a day when the earth burns with fire. There will be a day when God will destroy all that's been created. But I come to tell you that that day's not up yet. And if that day's not here yet, there's still a purpose for it. There's a purpose for the earth. There's a purpose for your existence. There's a purpose for your life. Amen. There's so many things that have to be uh, just right for, for life to exist. There's things that just have to be perfectly placed in a perfect environment. They have to be perfectly positioned for life to exist. For us to be able to even live. On this earth, there has to be a just right atmosphere. Somebody say a just right atmosphere. Listen to this. The more massive a planet is, the more gravitational force the planet has, which in turn causes it to retain a denser atmosphere. For example, Mars, which has only a mass of one-ninth that of the earth, has a very thin atmosphere because it does not have enough gravity to hang on to a denser atmosphere. The moon is much smaller than Mars, and consequently it has almost no atmosphere. Somebody say amen. Uranus and Neptune, the next largest planets after Earth, have such dense atmospheres that the astronomers refer to those planets as gas giants because their atmospheres dominate the total mass of the planet. Somebody say amen. This is not a science lesson. This is going to show you the greatness of God and His design. 
If Earth's atmosphere was too dense, not enough light or heat produced by the sun would penetrate to the surface of the planet to support advanced life. Follow me. Stay with me. However, if Earth's atmosphere was too thin, it would also be deadly to life, especially to advanced life. The toxic effects of too thin of an atmosphere are evidenced by the problems mountain climbers encounter when climbing Mount Everest, where the atmospheric pressure is just one-third less than that which exists at sea level. Cerebral edema, pulmonary edema, and abnormal blood clotting, all of which cause severe headaches, vomiting, shortness of breath, exhaustion, loss of balance, loss of muscle control, altered mental states... What makes Earth's atmosphere particularly unique is that given the amount of the Earth's gravitational force, it should hold on to a much thicker atmosphere than it does. Because of its size, it should have a thicker atmosphere compared to all the other planets. Venus, which is about 85% the mass of the Earth, has an atmosphere that is 40 times denser than the Earth's atmosphere. Scientists calculate that Earth's atmosphere should be a hundred times denser than it is. However, such a dense atmosphere would make it just as capable of supporting life as Venus. Which, there is no life on Venus. No matter what they try to say. How many know there's no other life on any of the other planets? Amen. Uranus and Neptune are because of their thick atmospheres. Earth's unique and just right atmosphere makes the planet ha habitual for life and particularly advanced life. Amen. It, sh it should have a much thicker atmosphere based on what they see with all of the other planets. It should be similar to the other planets. But when God created the earth, come on, when God began to speak the things into existence, he created his life first. And in order for his life to exist in the planet, it had to be a certain atmosphere for it to exist. And I want to tell you, over every other scientific law that they have, I don't care how smart they say they are or how educated they are, the life of God is more important than any other circumstance that exists in and of that planet. When God set life in the earth, how many know that it dictated everything around it? Come on. When it began to come into being, it dictated the atmosphere that he set to guard the planet. Because in order for life to live, the atmosphere had to be perfect. Somebody say it had to be perfect. And God is perfect. How many know he's perfect in all that he designs? Also, on the earth, for life to live, there has to be certain types of water. There has to be, there has to be uh, evaporated water. Amen. Which forms the clouds. And how many know that the clouds, they, they give us some shield for the radiation of the sun, but they also give us rain, which is liquid water. Amen. We need liquid waters to survive. You can't be alive without water. Somebody say amen. And not only do we need liquid water, we need ice. We need frozen water. How many know that the frozen water regulates the temperature of the earth? Amen. The, 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 the frozen ice caps that are in the north, how many know that they, re, you probably don't know this, but they reflect the radiation of the sun. And the radiation that's coming into the earth from the sun is sent back out into, the, in, into space from the reflection of the, the, the polar ice caps in the north. Amen. Which regulates the temperature of the earth. Because if the ice caps weren't there and the radiation of the sun was being absorbed by the earth, the temperature of the earth would be too hot for us to exist. And if we didn't have liquid water where there was more ice caps than should be. Amen. And it was more frozen than it should be. It would send the temperature down, which would cause everything to start freezing. And before you know it, we would be frozen all around and life would not be able to exist. But God and all of his wisdom and knowledge and understanding knew the temperature it had to be in the room for life to exist. And so we set things in place in order to guard the life on the planet because life is the most important thing. 
Amen. Everything is, is centered around the life that he created. Amen. The, 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 the polar ice caps, uh, even though to us they don't mean anything. And if you go into the Antarctic, uh, you, be, you begin to uh, be cold. You can't live there. Amen. You can't live there and survive there. There's no vegetation. There's no food. Everything. But you can survive somewhere on the planet. But that part of the earth he created was necessary to create a balance in the earth that could keep life. Come on. That could, that could minister to life. That could keep us alive in the earth. I want to tell you that God is perfect. And the way that he does things is perfect. And you might think that there's global warming taking place. And at some point point there's going to be a shift in in the climate and we're going to have an ice age garbage garbage that's garbage because god's in control amen god's in control and he will not let the temperature get outside of dictating that life could exist because that's the most important thing to God. And he's in control. And as long as he's in control, life is going to be number one on the list. Somebody say amen. It's not going to be over till he says it's over. I don't care what the politicians try to say to get your money. Come on, or to sell their books, or to act like they're smarter than God. Come on, somebody. God is in control. His wisdom is in control. All things uh, consist because of Him and continue to operate because of Him, and they will not stop until His Word declares it to stop. Somebody say amen. Did I ease your mind a little bit? Amen. The earth has just the right surface temperature. Earth receives energy from the sun in the form of radiation. And it presently reflects about 30% of the sun's radiation back into space. Different surfaces on earth reflect the sun's radiation more efficiently than others. For example, white polar caps reflect the sun's radiation much more efficiently than black asphalt, which tends to absorb heat. In order for Earth's temperature to remain within a habitable parameter, Earth cannot get too hot or too cold. And therefore, the planet must reflect and absorb the just right amount of sun's radiation. If not enough of the sun's radiation is absorbed, Earth would be too cold to support life. And if too much radiation is absorbed, the planet would be too hot to support life. I come to preach to you today that all things that God put in order and in practice are there because they're perfect. Amen. They're perfect for what? They're perfect to support life. And the most important thing to God is the supporting of the life that He created and spoke into being before He created any Anything else uh, he created life come on somebody he created the glory of life man that's so good somebody say that's so good the earth has just the right rotation period in order for a planet to support life the rotation period of the planet the time it takes for the planet to turn on its axis one time must fit within a finely tuned parameters of a few percent. The earth rotates once every 24 hours, which keeps any portion of the planet from getting too hot or too cold. If earth took too long to rotate, the temperature differences between opposing sides of the planet would be too great. The side facing the sun would get too hot and the side facing away from the sun would get too cold. On the other hand, if the earth were rotating too quickly, it would experience a substantial increase in wind velocity, which would kill off advanced life. For example, Jupiter rotates once every 10 hours, which generates wind velocities of more than 300 miles per hour. Compare Jupiter's 300 miles per hour wind velocities to 125 to 175 miles per hour wind velocities generated by the Hurricane Katrina, which only lasted seven days, yet killed over 1,800 people and caused over $80 billion in property damage. 
Consider the 145 mile per hour wind velocity. Amen. That a hurricane has that wreaks havoc upon our planet when it comes. Amen. And understanding that the rotation of the earth is perfect. Come on. It's just right. It's just the just right timing for the sustaining of life and the supporting of life that God put on the planet. I want to tell you all things were made by him and for him. It was made for his life. It was made for his life and all that he created created. And I come to preach to you today that if you were created by God, you were created not on accident or not by mistake, but on purpose. You were created intentionally by the hand and the word of God on purpose. God don't make accidents. Amen. And everything that he created, he never made a flaw. Come on. And all that he created, he said it was good. It was perfect. It was operational. Come on. It was the way that I designed it and the way that I pictured it in my mind when I created it. Amen. And it all operated according to the standard that God had put in place. And that standard that he had put in place was that it could support life. That it could support the most important thing to God, which is is life. You want to know why I'm pro-life? Because God's pro-life. He's he's pro-anything that pushes for life. Come on. He is life. Can you tell I'm excited? Somebody else needs to get excited. Amen. Because life is for us. He created that for us so that we could experience what he experiences. So we can have what he has. So we could be recipients of something we didn't plan and a story that we didn't write. But we come out on the end with God and life, eternal life being the victor. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. I love it. That should boost our faith. Amen. Some of us, we, we feel like that we're an accident. Right? We feel like that, that, that we were born by chance. The reason that we live our lives the way that we do is because we don't understand that there is a better way. Amen. Something that is an accident is something that happens unexpectedly or unintentionally. Amen. It's something that is a res- uh, the result typically is a damage or an injury. Right? We feel like that, that, that our lives are an accident. And since our lives are an accident, there's no purpose for it. Right? It, if something just happens by chance or just happens out of nowhere, amen, that there's no purpose for it, right? It, it's, it's, it's just by chance. Chance made it happen. I don't believe in chance. Amen. If we live our lives by chance, things will happen by chance. Come on, somebody. If we live our lives by chance and according to chance, then chance will dominate our lives. But God, God designed us for more than chance. Come on. He designed us through a divine will called His Word. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the beginning was the same with God. All things were made by Him and for Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Amen. I want to tell you this morning that you are not an accident. Come on. You are not a mistake. Come on, a mistake is a blunder. God don't make mistakes. Come on, somebody. It's a misun- to misunderstand the meaning or the intention of something. To identify wrongly or it's a wrong action or statement proceeding from faulty judgment or inadequate knowledge or inattention. 
I want to tell you this morning that God don't make mistakes because He's an infinite God. Amen. He's a perfect God. He's not fallible like we are. He's infallible. Amen. That means He's perfect in every way. He's perfect in operation. He's perfect in process. He's perfect in His Word. He's perfect in His love towards us. He's perfect in His knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of everything that He created. There's nothing that could happen on the planet that's going to take him by surprise because everything that happens he foresees because he's perfect he's beyond all comprehension he is the perfect and he's the all-powerful God amen you can't be a mistake because you are a recipient of his life let, let me let me let me read you something this is this is going to blow your mind somebody say This is going to help you this morning. I promise. He was, he's talking about John the Baptist here in verse 8. Put it up on the board. John 1 and 8. Do, 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 do. It's not working. You're taking up my media. My wife's getting in the way. Ushers. She's tougher than you think. Watch out. I've been hit by her, believe me. Mike, you think that's funny, don't you? I just said that on live stream. Can we edit that, please, off of the... I'm going to go back to where I was at. We are all, somebody say, I am. A recipient of his life. Talking of John the Baptist. He was not that light. But was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Who's he talking about? Jesus Christ. Which lighteth. Every man that cometh into the world. Well, that, that, that's going to, uh, some people try to explain that away. Like when you don't understand something, you try to get a, give a conclusion about something uh, that makes no sense because you don't understand it yourself. Somebody say amen. Every man that comes into the world is lighted by Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. The only way into this world is to be born through the womb of a woman. Somebody say amen. His life lights every man that's born through the womb of a woman. His light gives life. It's the light of God that was created in the beginning. The very first thing that gives life. Man. His life is the light. It's the glory. It's his life force. It's formed. Uh, he formed man from the dust of the earth. Come on. And then he breathed into him the breath of life. Amen. It does not mean that every man has been enlightened or has been redeemed. It means if a man has life, it was given by God. And if it was given by God, and it's God that gave the life, it has purpose attached to it. It wasn't a mistake, or it wasn't an accident. It was ordered from the throne of God through His Word. The fact that you have existence in this world means that God has lighted your candle and given you the ability to have a life. You may not understand it, but it's God. He's the reason you're here. He's the reason you're breathing. He's the reason you're in church this morning. He's the reason that drugs haven't killed you and alcohol hasn't killed you. Come on. And bad mistakes haven't killed you. It's all God. 
Somebody say, it's all God. I couldn't do anything to preserve myself or make myself live but God. I couldn't do anything to, 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 to make God accept me or to cause myself to be right but God. I couldn't do anything to prevent myself from being in an accident that nearly took my life but God. Because life is in His hand and it's a product of His light. We are all recipients of the light of God. We have life this morning. We're living. We're breathing. We're vibrant. Amen. You might not feel good about your life this morning, but you need to be thankful that God saw it fit to give you life and give you existence. Because if he did that, there's a plan for it. Somebody say there's a plan for it. It's not by accident. Come on. You're not a mistake. It's not by chance. It was God that made it. It was God that gave it to you. And it's only God that can take it away from you. I'm preaching. Somebody say amen. See, we think we're a mistake. Because we've made a lot of mistakes. Amen. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, that was a mistake. He took his own will, decided what he wanted to do outside the counsel of God. And he partook of the forbidden fruit. And in disobeying the commandment of God, something happened to man. He died. All of a sudden, through one man's sin, death entered in, the Bible says, to the world. Death by sin. Up until that point, there was no death. There was no death because there was no sin. It was only after man sinned that God slew animals and took their coats and clothed them with the, and with the skins of the animals to, to cover their nakedness, to cover their shame, to cover their disobedience. He covered them with the death of an animal. And he was showing them that in order to cover what you've done, there had to be a death. Come on, somebody. Something had to die to cover what we messed up. Something had to die to cover up the disobedience. Something had to die to cover up the insufficiency of the choice that Adam made. And so through sin, death entered into the world. And death by sin. And so what is sin? It's a transgression of the laws of God. Amen. It's when you know to do right, but you don't. You violate the law of God. That's sin. And when, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Somebody say amen. amen. So at that point now, Adam and Eve were going to taste of death. Even though they were created to never die. Amen. Sin came in. The disobedience, the choice that Adam and Eve made to sin brought death into the world. Amen. But that's not the end of the story. Amen. We don't need to get, we don't need to get down in the dumps and worried about death because death has no more power over us. Amen. How many know that the life that God put in the earth, now there was going to be an end to life on earth. All right. Not only did death come on mankind as there's going to be a time when men were going to die. There was also going at that point when they sinned, they died spiritually. Their spirit died. Okay. Uh, that, that part of a man, I mean, we are, we are born, we are body, soul, and spirit. Amen. We have a body. Somebody say, I have a body. It told me this morning when I rolled out of bed. And that left leg was just really stiff. I was like, man, wish I was 18 again. Not really. I wouldn't want to go through that nonsense again. When you've learned the hard way a lot, you don't want to repeat it. That'll preach. We're body, soul, and spirit. Amen. We're body. Our body 
makes us aware of our surroundings in the earth. Amen. Makes us aware, conscious of what's going on around us. We feel, we can, we taste, we hear, we smell. Amen. Uh, what's the other one? We see. I meant the senses. I knew I only named four of them, but I couldn't think of the other one. Amen. There's five senses that make us aware of our surroundings. And, and then our, our soul. The soul is the seat of our emotions. It's our mind. It's the, the mind of man. It's, the, it's where the emotions lie. It's where we make decisions. Amen. It's the, it's the decision part of, of, of a man that's created. And then there's the spirit of man. This makes us conscious of God and aware of the eternal things around us because we are not alone. Amen. There is a physical world, but there's a spiritual world. Come on. There are things happen, happening physically around us, but there are also things happen, happening spiritually around us. You might not know it, but the Bible tells us that, that He inhabits the praises of His people. That means when we begin to praise and to worship the Lord, that He dwells in, and enthrones Himself in their praise. That means He comes into this atmosphere with all of His angels and all that He is, and He sets His glory up in this place when we worship him how many want to worship God because you might not see it with your eyes but you can feel it with your spirit that when God moves in the room all of a sudden the atmosphere changes amen there's a spirit side of us which we we, we sense the things of God we sense the the spirit of God amen how many when, when they're, they're singing the songs this morning and you and and with the preaching you feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost you feel you feel a tingling. How many's felt that this morning? Come on, be honest. Okay, a couple. Well, we're kind of doing the right thing here. Amen. If you feel that tingling upon your head, because the oil always starts on the head and it begins to run down. Amen. You feel it down your spine and down the back of your neck and makes you want to get up and dance a little bit or jump or shout or raise your hands or clap your hands or sing a little bit louder or shout hallelujah. That's the presence of God. The spirit of our spirits make us aware that there's. Amen. And so when man's spirit died. Now his body's in control. I want you to listen to me here. I, I realize I've been preaching for too long. Now his spirit died. He relied on his spirit before he made the decision to disobey God and his law. But now his body's in control. Okay? And his mind... Without the Spirit of God. So now we're capable of every sin that man can dream up. In and of ourselves, we're capable of it. Don't you ever look down at somebody that's uh, been sent to prison or done things that they shouldn't have done because we're capable of the same things given the right environment to grow up in. Come on. Amen. We're all capable of the same sin. Amen. Because we're fallen nature. And the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of what? What's that mean? And come short of the life. The life of God. Because it wasn't the plan of God for us to live lives of sin. Amen. It was a, it, it, that was a man decision. That's something man created. Amen. Man decided to, to disobey the laws of God. Man took of the forbidden fruit. And because of that, all have sinned and come short of the glory or the life of God. Amen. And now we have a death sentence that's sitting upon us because of the sin that we've done in our past. Amen. We have a, oh, we, we're waiting to die. We're waiting for, for something terrible to happen. I'm going to tell you this morning, uh, the reason that we feel like we're a mistake or an accident is because we've made so many mistakes we can't count and we've done same things so unintentional in our lives that we've been taken by chance but I want to tell you today that there's 
Amen. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. you got to be born again. Amen. Of the water and of the Spirit. He's talking about in baptism and in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because there's something that happens when the Spirit of God comes in and you begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That's the life and the vibrance and the life force of God Himself. Re-entering a vessel that He should have been in in the first place. The reason that you have existence in this life is because of him. But he wants to revive you. He wants to He wants to redeem you. He wants to resurrect you and give you a life worth living. Somebody say amen. You got to be born again. Amen. You got to be born of the water and of the spirit. Amen. You have to be, you, you have to be regenerated by the Spirit of God. Wow. How many have made a lot of mistakes in your life? Finally, we got some honesty going in this place. On this side, anyway. Is that because I'm staying over here and preach more? I'm going to come over here for a little bit. How many of you made a lot of mistakes in your life? Okay, it's catching. They're getting what you're putting out over here. Amen. And the mistakes that we've made have caused what? Trouble. What else? Shame, guilt, what else? Separation, what else? Broken relationships, very good. What else? Pain, loneliness, wounds, right? Physical wounds, emotional wounds, mental wounds. Right? Children are maybe scarred a little bit. Got trauma to your mind, to your body. Emotional, cause you to be put in jail. Right? Prison at times, maybe. A lot of mistakes. Amen. The world is prone to make mistakes. Amen. And the Lord knew when He gave us life that we were going to make those mistakes. You know that? He knew that when He gave Adam life that He wasn't going to totally understand it and He was going to misuse it and He's going to fall. He knew that when He allowed me to be born that I was going to be rotten, didn't he, Mom? He, he knew that we were going to disobey. He, he, knew, he, he knew that you were going to make the mistakes that you made. He, he knew that you weren't totally going to understand your existence. And you were just going to exist in the life, but not really live the life. Amen. You were going to exist in this world, but not really understand why you're here. Amen. He knew that you were going to experience a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and go through a lot of heartache because of the, the decisions that you've made. And so he robed himself in flesh. Come on. He took up on him the form of the man. And the book of Isaiah tells me that he was bruised for my transgressions. He was, he, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. I come to tell you this morning, your mistakes is what made way for Jesus to be the God that he is. Who wants to heal you in every area and aspect of your life. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Mm. Stand with me all around the building. <laughs> wow.
For in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For we are, actually says, for ye are, or you are complete in him. Somebody say amen. When Christ, to Colossians 3, 4, who is our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Somebody say amen. How many know that the life of God is the most important thing in this world? It's the life. Amen. That's why Jesus came, gave his life. Gave his life on the earth. Lived a perfect life. Never sinning. Not one time. Never doing wrong. Never making a mistake. He was a spotless lamb. He was a perfect God that robed himself in flesh, lived a perfect life, and gave himself as a ransom for us. To buy back what we had lost in the garden. Amen. Even though you have life on this earth and you're existing here, yeah, that's a gift of God. But that doesn't qualify you for heaven. Because all have sinned and come short of the life of God. So we need His life in order to give us life, to revive us, so that we can spend eternity with Him. What a beautiful concept. Life is in Jesus. The same one that created everything. The same one that, that created a perfect atmosphere and environment and temperature for life to exist on this earth has created a way so that we could be reunited with Him. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? How do we do that? Through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repent. He said, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you have repented of your sin, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. And I want to tell you today that His Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. And it's the, it's the part of God that infills the inside of a human being and makes Him satisfied and completely fulfilled on the inside and the Bible tells us it is the earnest of our inheritance that means it is the most important part of the inheritance that God has given us with everything that he's given us his life is the most important thing mm. I know this morning I don't know if I've made sense I've preached what I felt uh, I preached out of the unction of the Holy Ghost that he puts upon me. But this morning, if you've lived your life just existing, that's not enough. In fact, just existing according to our dead spiritual senses, just according to your own mind and your body telling you what to do, that's a recipe for a lot of hurt. But when, when God resurrects your spirit, He said, I will put within you a new heart. Come on. I, I'll take away the broken. I'll take away that, uh, the heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh, one that, one that I can deal with, one that I can change, one that I can mold. And when we get that life of Jesus,
That's what's going to take us to that next step, to that next place where we call heaven our home. Amen. That is the earnest of our inheritance. Only through the Spirit of God. You've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. You're living a life this morning of, of existence. It's not the will of God. He wants you living. Mm. Not just existing. But living. Somebody say, not just existing. But living. You can't truly live without the life of God. It's not possible. We can try everything around us. We can reach for everything that's available. But the only thing that's going to give us the life that we're looking for is the life of God. And it's available this morning. Amen. It is available. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord and just begin to call on his name right now. God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I've preached what you've laid on my heart to preach, God. I've done it to the best of my, uh, my ability, Lord. I pray, God, that you would take the words that have fallen from my stuttering, stammering lips, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would impact the heart of every person under the sound of my voice right now. God, we lift our hearts to you, God. I need a change in my life, Lord. I need you to dominate my thinking. I need you to start your processes in my world. I need you to restore life, Lord. I need you to restore proper thinking, God. I need you to restore, God, uh, 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 healing to my emotions, and healing to my mind, and healing to my body, and healing to my family. If that's you this morning, I want you to run down to this altar and lift your hands to the Lord. Fall on your knees if you want to, but just begin to call out upon the Lord because you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. There's purpose for your existence. God has called you to this place this morning to let you know that you're not finished on this earth. That if your life was over here, he would have taken you. That he's got more time for you. He's got more to teach you. He wants to breathe life into your dead spirit and give you a life worth living. In the name of Jesus. Come on, saints. Why don't we flood this altar today? Come on. If God's pulling on your heart, come on and pray. If God's dealing with your heart and you're looking for purpose, God's here today to give you that. It's all in Him. We are complete in Him. Everything that we need, everything that we desire, everything that we can ever want, all the fulfillment, satisfaction. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.